Welcome to The Crime Reporter. Today I want to share the story of Gabby Swainson. Gabrielle Swainson was a teenager in South Carolina who simply vanished from her bedroom in the middle of the night. The story of what happened to her and how this case was solved is unbelievable. I first heard about this story when I was visiting a family friend in South Carolina. And once I heard it, I could not forget it. I think about Gabby often. This story absolutely broke my heart. Now, before we get to that, please consider making a donation using the Patreon link below. Reporting and researching these stories takes a tremendous amount of time, and this is not funded work. It's something that I just very much believe in. Any contribution would be greatly appreciated. You can make a one-time donation, or you can sign up for recurring donations. Also, please subscribe to this YouTube channel or podcast, depending on how you're listening, and follow me on social media. I am at Mara S. Campo on all platforms. And now to the murder of Gabby Swainson. And our first question, as always, is, who was Gabby Swainson? I told you this story broke my heart. And the reason is Gabby. Gabby Swainson was simply an absolute ray of light. She was a 16 year old girl living with her mother in Columbia, South Carolina. She had it all. She was an excellent student, part of an honors bioscience program at her high school. In fact, many of her teachers described her as quote, an academic prodigy. She was also very artistic. She had been taking dance classes since she was a child. She performed at her church. She regularly attended church with her mother. She loved to sing and draw and write stories. She wanted to learn how to play the guitar. And so she was taking guitar lessons. And she had just made her high school's JV cheerleading squad, which is something that she was very excited about. This was a good kid, the kind of kid that would make any parent proud. She was a light that was extinguished way too soon and way too tragically. So what happened to Gabby? August 17th, 2012 was a pretty typical summer afternoon. Gabby's mother picked her up from guitar lessons and then they went to the mall where Gabby saw some friends and then they returned home. Gabby and her mother lived in the Northeast neighborhood of Columbia, South Carolina. Now, Columbia is the capital of South Carolina, and the Northeast neighborhood is described as a really nice residential area with lots of restaurants and parks and even a really big shopping and lifestyle activity center. So Gabby and her mother return home and they have a really chill evening. They watch a movie together and then they go to bed. Around 3.30 in the morning, Gabby's mother says that she checked on her before leaving for work and Gabby was asleep in her bed and she was fine. When Gabby's mother returned home at 7.15 that morning, just a few hours later, Gabby's mother goes to her bedroom and finds the bed neatly made, but Gabby is gone. Now her purse and her wallet are still there in the bedroom. They've been left behind, but her phone is gone. So Gabby's mother starts to call her. Now she says at first the call rings through, but then it goes directly to voicemail as though either the battery died or it had been turned off. Her mom, Elvia Swainson, spoke to WACH Fox 57. The number rang a couple of times, then it stopped. Then I called it back immediately again and it went straight to voicemail. Then I called it again and it went straight to voicemail again. Now, Gabby's phone 
will turn out to be an incredibly, incredibly important part of this case. But for now, all of Gabby's mother's calls are going straight to voicemail, and she has just vanished. It's days before her sophomore year was about to begin. She was very excited about starting school and being a cheerleader, and now she's just gone without a trace. I don't know at this point where she could be. It's been an entire day of turmoil, actually. Um, We have... um, gone next door to door knocking. Um, we looked all around the neighborhood. Um, we have a couple of, uh, looks like abandoned houses in this neighborhood. So I was kind of like knocking on doors and trying to listen to see if I hear anybody in there. So I don't know what's really going on at this point, but I just want my daughter to come home. Where did Gabby go? Well, her mom starts to really, really worry because none of this makes any sense. So she calls the police and thankfully the police classify Gabby as a missing person right away. I say thankfully because the police often ask the families to wait a little bit to see if their loved one will return. And when it comes to teenagers, they often suspect them of being runaways and runaways don't get the same kind of attention from law enforcement that missing persons do. But in this case, the police recognize that something ain't right. They classify Gabby as a missing person and they start searching for her. At this point, I don't know what has occurred. I don't know what has happened. I don't know how it happened. And this is really a nightmare. It really is. Um, This is the worst situation that a parent could be in. At the same time, Gabby's mother starts pulling together family and friends to help search for her. One of the people that she called to help with the search, who showed up right away to offer his assistance, was a man named Freddie Grant. Who is Freddie Grant? Freddie Grant is a 52-year-old man who had done some yard work at the family's home, and he also had dated Gabby's mother. Well, as police begin their investigation, one of the first things that they do is start to ping the phone. And the pings on Gabby's phone were traced to Elgin. Now, Elgin is about a 30-minute drive from Columbia. It's in an adjacent county, and it's a very, very small town. It's about one square mile, and it's home to about 1,300 people. And one of those people is Freddie Grant. So investigators start looking into Grant a little bit more, and they learn that he has a history of convictions for violent crimes going back 30 years. And one of those convictions is for domestic violence. In 2011, Grant was accused of assaulting his live-in girlfriend at the time, a woman named Adriana Laster. And he is accused of smashing her head into a wall. He was convicted in that case and sentenced to 30 days in jail. Now, according to some reports, Grant had severely beaten Adriana on several occasions, including reportedly, when she was pregnant. So police start zeroing in on Freddie Grant. When they search his home, they find duct tape with Gabby's DNA. They also find Gabby's DNA on several other items around the premises. Because of that, the hope is she may be somewhere nearby, hopefully alive, but at the very least, if police can find her body, they have a solid case. So they put a lot of resources behind trying to find Gabby. 
120 officers begin searching the area around Freddie Grant's home, including a junkyard nearby. This news clip is from WACH Fox 57. Hundreds of people from multiple agencies continuing the search for 15-year-old Gabby Swainson. Thursday, after authorities announced the arrest of Freddie Grant for kidnapping the teen, they continued gathering bags of evidence from his Elgin home. They also searched his neighbors' homes, and by noon, the search expanded throughout the entire Elgin area. However, this isn't their first day combing the area for the Columbia teenager. Sunday, shortly after Grant was arrested, law enforcement began looking for Gabby in the woods near the 52-year-old man's house. According to a Richland County deputy, they are sectioning off the search area and grids, sending out multiple teams and crossing off those parts that have already been checked. Well, they don't find Gabby, but they do find something else. Inside Freddie Grant's home, they find a box of ammunition. Now, why is this significant? Grant, if you recall, is a convicted felon. So it is illegal for him to possess ammunition. This gives police a reason to arrest him and at least get him into custody and get him off the street while they continue searching for Gabby. So just a few days after Gabby goes missing, Grant is arrested for unlawful possession of ammunition. And two days after that, he is charged with kidnapping. He's still not charged with murder, though, largely because investigators can't find Gabby's body and Grant is completely uncooperative. He clams up. He won't say a word. While the search for Gabby continues, Grant goes to trial on the unlawful ammunition charges. And one of the people who testifies is his adult daughter, Dominique. Now, she will come to be very important in this case as well. At that trial, she testified that the ammunition was actually hers. It belonged to her, trying to help her father beat that charge. Well, it didn't work. Grant is found guilty on federal ammunition charges and sentenced to 17 years in federal prison. But investigators have a really big problem on their hands. Now, Freddie Grant is headed to federal prison and they still haven't found Gabby. Prosecuting someone for murder without a body is incredibly difficult. There's actually a saying, no body, no case. Now, there are a couple different reasons for that. First of all, without a body, it's incredibly difficult to prove that someone is dead, let alone that they've been murdered. There are ways that you can demonstrate that someone is likely dead. But proving homicide is another massive hurdle because without a body, you can't prove how they died. And without a cause or manner of death, it is very hard to make murder charges stick. But then... Almost one year to the day after Gabby's disappearance, investigators get a huge, unexpected break in this investigation. So what was the big break in the case? When I first heard this story, this is actually the part that stuck with me the most because it definitely felt like there was some kind of divine intervention that was acting on the behalf of justice. In the summer of 2013, a delivery driver finds a cell phone behind a Piggly Wiggly in Myrtle Beach. Now, Myrtle Beach is about a three-hour drive from Columbia, South Carolina. The delivery driver takes the cell phone and he gives it to his niece. And what does his niece do? She turns the phone on, realizes that it still has juice and it still has service. 
So what does she do? She calls one of the numbers in the phone and it ends up being for Gabby's mother. So almost a year after her daughter's disappearance, Gabby's mother suddenly gets a phone call from Gabby's phone. Now I can only imagine the emotional roller coaster that that moment must have been for Gabby's mother to have seen that Gabby was calling to have your heart soar and think, Oh my God, she is okay. And then to answer the phone and have it be someone else in Myrtle beach saying, Hey, I found this phone and then have your emotions plummet in realizing what that must mean. Well, investigators were able to trace that phone to Dominique Grant, Freddie Grant's daughter, alleging that she had been in the area at the same time. Now, I can't for the life of me understand why she would have taken the trouble to drive three hours to Myrtle Beach, which is coastal, and not throw the phone in the ocean. But thank God that's not what happened. Prosecutors allege that Dominique Grant dumped the phone behind a Piggly Wiggly to try and help her father conceal evidence in the disappearance of Gabby Swainson. Dominique is arrested and charged with being an accessory after the fact, and she is held on a $300,000 bond. This news clip is from WACH Fox 57. She's been missing since last August, and tonight there's a new development in the disappearance of Columbia teen Gabby Swainson. Good evening, I'm Daryl Hood. Authorities have made another arrest in connection with Gabby's disappearance. It is the daughter of Freddie Grant, the man charged in Gabby's kidnapping. Watch Fox News reporter Ivory Hecker working this story for us tonight. And Ivory, why is Grant's daughter behind bars tonight? Daryl, Dominic Grant is charged with an accessory after the fact of the kidnapping. The charge comes after a delivery driver found Gabby Swainson's cell phone behind a Piggly Wiggly store in Myrtle Beach. Investigators determined Dominic Grant was in the area where the phone was found. Richland County Sheriff Leon Lott says she planted the phone there to throw off the investigation. At her bond hearing tonight, the judge issued a no contact order for the family of Gabby Swainson and with Dominique facing prison, Grant starts to talk. Now, I find it so disgusting that he was willing to do whatever he had to to save his own daughter, but didn't have one shred of the same compassion and empathy and sense of humanity for somebody else's daughter. But that's who we're dealing with. In order to keep his daughter out of prison, Grant negotiates with authorities. He agrees to lead them to Gabby's body as long as Dominique doesn't face any jail time and he doesn't get a sentence of longer than 30 years. Now, for prosecutors, this was a really awful deal to have to make. On the one hand, they could refuse and continue trying to search for Gabby's body and maybe find it, and maybe they don't, and maybe they have a successful prosecution, and maybe they don't. And on the other hand, they have guaranteed 30 years. Freddie is already in his 50s. He would be in his 80s when he gets released, and they would finally be able to bring Gabby home and lay her to rest and give her mother that peace. And that is what they decided to do in what prosecutors described as a deal with the devil. 
in August of 2013, a year after Gabby disappeared, Freddie Grant was flown from federal prison in Kentucky back to South Carolina so he could lead investigators to Gabby's grave. Gabby was found in a field about three miles from Grant's home, and investigators had to use an excavator for hours to find the body because it was a five-foot-deep grave. That is a very deep grave, and there were also reportedly things around it to conceal the scent from dogs. This news clip is from WACH Fox 57. Breaking news up front tonight, 10 days shy of the one-year anniversary of her disappearance, Authorities announcing today the body of missing Columbia teen Gabby Swainson has been found. One law enforcement officer said, quote, many, many people looked in the exact same place where we found her. But the way she was concealed, you wouldn't know. The type of hole that he dug, the things he put on top of it, the cadaver dog would not have been able to find it at the depth that it was. We just couldn't find it. There's no way of finding it without someone taking us to that area and showing us. And so it turns out that deal with the devil was wise because without it, they probably never would have found Gabby's body and Freddie Grant would have probably gotten away with murder. So with the confession, there were finally some answers. What happened to Gabby? In the early morning hours of August 18th, Freddie Grant used a key that he had to the family's home to enter it. Now, remember, he used to date Gabby's mother. He reportedly had told her that he had lost that key. He was able to get into the home while Gabby's mother was at work and Gabby was kidnapped. It's believed she was bound with duct tape and sexually assaulted before being suffocated. Because of the deal with Freddie Grant, Gabby was found and she was able to receive a proper burial and more than a thousand people showed up to her funeral. Even though she's not here physically with us, still continues to touch us. With one speaker at her funeral saying, quote, no light has ever shined as bright. As for Freddie Grant, in 2019, his federal sentence on the ammunition charges was reduced to 10 years because of new sentencing guidelines. He's serving that sentence concurrent with the 30-year sentence he got from the plea deal for leading police to Gabby's body. He's scheduled to get out in 2047. But there's one more piece of this story. Remember Freddie Grant's girlfriend, Adriana Laster, who he was convicted of assaulting? Well, in 2011, she went to stay with a friend to get away from Freddie Grant, seeking protection somewhere else. She left that friend's house to go to church, and she hasn't been seen since. And that is the story of Gabby Swainson. If there's a story that you have questions about, please let me know in the comments or feel free to DM me on social media. I am at Mara Escampo on all platforms. As a reminder, there are two ways to get this podcast. I'm on YouTube with video and also audio wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please check me out on either platform and subscribe. And I hope you'll also consider making a donation using the Patreon link. Again, none of this would be possible without your contributions and support.